it's dangerous. And I did that for so long. I mean, there were so many years, you guys, that I was the best wife you would have ever found. And I'll tell you why. Not because of Jesus, but because mm. I was going to do whatever I had in me to make sure Aaron didn't cheat on me. Welcome to The Green Room, a space where leaders from the Austin Stone invite college students to have vulnerable conversations about relevant topics. What's up, guys? I'm MJ, and in today's episode, Tyler and I sat down with our friend and partner of the Austin Stone, Jamie Ivey. Not only is Jamie a phenomenal teacher, in 2014, she launched the Happy Hour podcast. And since then, she's authored two books, If You Only Knew and You Be You. Jamie is also launching the Jamie Ivey Show on YouTube in January 2021, and you definitely should check it out. This podcast was so good because with Jamie, when you talk to her, two things are going to happen. You're going to have a blast, and you're going to learn a lot of stuff from her Mm -hmm. because she has that sage sort of wisdom where she's able to take biblical truths and give you ways they express themselves in real life. And the reason she can do that, one, because she loves Jesus, but two, I've had the privilege of getting to be her friend and, and Aaron's friend for a long time, and she lives all this stuff out. Mm. And so I think for everyone listening, I want you to know you're listening to someone who's not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. And that's why her wisdom is so insightful when she talks about relationships and marriage and all that goes with that. Yeah, and there were points in the conversation where I was leaning in and leaning back just because of all the wisdom that God was giving us through Jamie and Tyler, and you guys are just in for a treat. In part one, we talk about singleness and marriage. We also talk about our temptation to place relationships on unhealthy pedestals in a church, and even how Jamie herself has seen idolization play out in her own marriage. So we hope that you feel related to and encouraged. Enjoy. All right, today we have Jamie Ivy in the green room. How's it going? Thanks for having me, guys. Oh my gosh. I'm excited so to be I'm here. So we're more excited. Okay. <laughs> Y'all, Jamie is like a professional in this podcast game. So Tyler and I are not going to talk very much today. Um, we're well, going to have I, Jamie I, I come I can't make this. any promises on that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be very well, clear. You have a promise for me on that. <laughs> and uh, man, we'd love to hear a little bit about your story, Jamie, and how you got to where you are right now. Okay, I'll want. give you a little bit of just married to my husband, Aaron, who works here at the Austin Stone. And uh, we have four kids. Mm-hmm. 16, 15, 14, 12. You're incredible. So basically, Dang. we just you have a youth us. ministry. Became student ministry. That's where we started. Aaron's yeah. a student pastor. So we're back. We're back in student ministry. And so I've been hosting the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. It's my podcast for six and a half years. Yep. I'm, I'm an author and a speaker and... That's what I do with my life. Yeah. And you were a DJ at one point. Listen, I was on KVET, country radio station here in Austin, <laughs> Texas. Oh, man. In 2011, I won a contest, which many people, I always say I won that contest because of the Austin Stone Community Church, just so <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm like. Really? Oh, yeah. It was a voting contest. Oh, it was all right. It was all like it was popular all vote. Like voting. So I would, I'm going to bet all the money I've ever made in my entire life. Most people that voted for me never listened to my demo. They're just like, ah, Jamie Ivy. Check. She goes to my church. Check. I'll vote for her. Did you win in a landslide? I won. I'm not, I'm not I don't want to brag or anything. Yeah. But, but I was so a very top at the top. <laughs> but so by great. the time I got into the studio, the executives picked. So the Austin Stone might have got me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I had to show up. So I ended up winning and worked on a morning talk show. It was great. Did you have any like go-to bits? You know, no, like- Tyler, I had never done this in my entire <laughs> life. Like when I sent in the audition, here's what's funny too, is 
I was just driving around town. I was right here at 183 and 35. I remember this like it was yesterday, taking my kids to preschool, and they said, we're having this open casting call. Anybody can send in a tape. And I thought, well, I could do that. Why not? Yeah. I'd never spoken to a microphone. I'd never talked on stage. I'd never done anything. Went home. Aaron had the flu. He's on the couch. I'm like, you have to help me make this demo tape. It's due today. He's like, I'm not doing this. This is dumb. And I'm like, you have to help me. And he did. He's a good, kind, loving husband. (laughs) But I'm sure he was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done with my time because why does Jamie think she's going to win? But I ended up winning, and it's just so crazy. But how how do you go from never talking in a microphone to wanting to talk? Like, like what what was it? I think there was something in me that thought this would be fun. This would be exciting. Yeah. Another podcast for another day, but I don't know that I ever really felt like I had the opportunity to try something different early in my 20s or even in college. And so, man— it, tried it different. You shot your shot. I, tr- I tried it, and there, here I am. It changed the rest of my professional career. Sure. Yeah. You don't mind being in the center of attention, but you don't strike me as someone who, like, I, I have to be center of attention. You know, I've come a long ways with that because yeah. I don't mind being in the center of attention. Right. And a lot of times I used to struggle with, like, do I want fame because I'm selfish, because I'm self-absorbed? Right. But I've really had to learn that, like, God has just gifted me in ways where yeah. I can stand on a stage and feel comfortable. I can yeah. talk into a microphone and feel comfortable. And for a long time, I kind of felt like that was sinful. Yeah. This is, an, again, we are going down a rabbit trail I here. love it. But now I can own it. And I can say, yeah, I love to stand on a stage. In fact, I feel more comfortable talking to 1,500 people. Like, I host a Bible study in my house. I know. That's a little bit more stressful for me than standing on a stage and speaking to 1,500 women. So that's yeah. where, you know, so yeah. I don't mind that, and I've owned it. Yeah, and the truth is we could have gotten you on any of our podcast episodes for The Green Room. I thought that this topic would be a fun one for a couple of reasons. One reason is because you and Aaron are going to have a book coming out called Compliment. Uh, the subtitle for it is The Surprising Beauty of Choosing Together Over Separate in Marriage. And... Especially when I saw you guys like tease that and start talking about that a little more, I thought about what if we could have Jamie on to just talk about the road to get to marriage, which is dating. And when I was in college, I remember the largest college ministry podcast always having these series on rotation. They would have the names of like healthy dating or sex and dating or relationship goals or DTR, define a relationship. My friends and I would listen to these and we kind of got burned out by these topics. And I think the state of many college students right now who follow Jesus observe that maybe, just maybe, Christians are obsessed with relationships. I want to know what do you think? Do we idolize romantic relationships? The answer is yes, we do. And I think when I say we, I think the church has idolized marriage for so long. There are a lot of people who either are single right now and they desire to be married, who are same-sex attracted and Mm -hmm. have chosen, like, I might not ever get married. Mm -hmm. And then we live with inside our church walls. And we'll speak very generic here, like not just like our particular church, Mm -hmm. but churches in general have for many years idolized marriage. I mean, if you look back, I don't know exactly when this happened, but let's look back and see when like Focus on the Family happened. Mm -hmm. And all of those Mm -hmm. movements within, you know, conservative evangelicalism were like, we have to regain the family. Like we're losing the family. So we have to regain the family. That's all amazing. That's great. I'm for the family. I'm for marriage. Like, we have also neglected so many Christ followers who are not married right now for a multitude of reasons. And they're kind of going, hey, like, 
what about me over here? Can I serve? Can I lead? Do right. I join a small group with married people? Do I do this? I don't even know how to date. And so mm. I think it's a great conversation that you're having. And I think more people are having it, which is good news. Yeah. And when we talk about idolizing anything, of course, we need to understand kind of what an idol is. Like, what does it mean to have an idol? And Tyler, I was just wondering, man, what would you define an idol as? Well, I think what Jamie's saying is is important because basically idolatry is taking good things and making them ultimate things. Mm. So an idol, honestly, is anything you worship in God's place. But I do think because there are people who are single who need to know singleness is good too. What the scriptures are always going to do is say, here's what's good. Don't make it God, right? This thing is good. It's a good thing. So marriage should never be seen. I mean, this is First Timothy 4. Marriage should never be seen as a bad thing. It should never be said it's bad. But in the same way, First Corinthians 7, singleness should be seen as good too. But when you don't have a vision for something, it's hard to know how it's good. Yeah. And so most singles don't hear a vision for singleness. So they don't know how it's good. And so I think with idolatry, I have to go. All idols do is they guarantee a future for you that will never be shaken. Yeah. Yeah. Like the idols always are saying, if you get me, you'll have a future and an identity and a security. It'll never be taken. But also, so when you get let down by that, you go, mm-hmm. because most of us haven't seen good marriages or you didn't grow up around a good marriage. And so then you go, it's impossible and which is what I love about Jamie and Aaron is because you guys live this out. Like you guys live this out in our church and most people don't see it. But like yeah. you're, the, the, the small Bible study you have at your house, like I know about that, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's what we need to see is both the way you combat idolatry is the word of God, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the church gives hero stories in both. And so for something to be good, I need to see a hero story in marriage and a hero story in singleness so I know what to aim for. Because that's why the Word of God is always meant to be incarnated. And that's where the church and you and Aaron have done that uniquely in the ways both you guys have modeled healthy marriage, but also you've modeled how to have singles in your life and love them and honor them and give vision for them. And I'm actually curious for you, as you guys have, you have had so many people in your life, when you have them over for dinner, what are the questions you ask? Like, it's like someone who's single and maybe they don't want to be, or they're single and they feel called to it. What What is something you and Aaron have done to help them feel, hey, this is a good thing yeah, that you're in, yeah. not a negative thing that you're in? I think one of the things that is so important to me right now, and this applies to singles, but this also applies to people who are in a marriage right now, is I think that what we have to do as followers of Jesus is we have to look at our life and say, I don't become a better follower of Jesus when I'm with somebody else, or I don't start to fulfill my calling as a Christ follower when I have a partner. So, so many times I see single people, mostly girls who are like, when I get married, Mm. it's going to be like, remember in Jerry Maguire, Renee Zellweger looked at Tom Cruise and was like, you complete me. And all the girls are like, that's what I want. (laughs) And that just doesn't happen. That's not reality. Mm -hmm. But we are complete because of Jesus. And so the thing that I see the most that single people struggle with a lot is thinking, I will begin my ministry, my calling, my effectiveness, my good works for the gospel when I get married. And so the struggle with that is you lose so many years of actually serving Jesus. And then when you get married, you go, oh, wait, this isn't actually what I thought it was going to be. Now serving looks different. And now— wow, I have the same emotional issues I had before I said I do. Like, that's not going to change anything. And so I like to encourage single people, like, serve, 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 serve. Like, you don't start serving when you get married, and you don't become important when you get married either Mm. to the church, to the community, to your neighborhood, to your kids' schools, whatever that might look like. And then also to deal with, like, your emotional stuff that you have going on. I had a friend one time, she told me, she said, when I got married, I thought I would never be hurt by a boy again. And she goes, I've been hurt more in a marriage than I ever did dating. Dang. 
right? That's so good. Because there's something that marriage is like a different relationship than a dating relationship, and it should. It hurts more. Mm -hmm. You know, the wins are higher, the lows are lower in a marriage Mm -hmm. because, you know, your commitment, there's a covenant there. But I'm always just encouraging people like, man, what are you doing to follow Jesus right now? Because that doesn't begin once you get married. And if you believe that, you're going to be dissatisfied. You're going to be unhealthy. You're going to be stagnant. Like when you're just sitting in and wallowing, oh, I can't wait to get married. And one day when I do, everything will be perfect. I mean, that's discontentment, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the greatest ways to fight discontentment is to to serve in your local church. And this is not like a podcast about serving a local church, but I say this all the time. It's like to serve, serve, serve. God does something. The Holy Spirit does something in us when we're giving our lives away. It's like scriptural. Amen. It's fact. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. Yeah. And so that's one of the ways that I love to encourage single people is to fight that discontentment is what are you doing for the kingdom? Mm-hmm. Like if you're not doing anything now, you think you're going to do something when you get married? Yeah. No, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we, we always tell this to college students who think they want to go overseas. We tell them that you're not going to get sanctified once you hop on a plane and go to a place that's not America. No, you have to be doing these things here. You need to be serving here. You need to be loving people here. And I I think that a lot of people do that with the transition from dating to being married, especially when it comes to talking about lust and uh, sexual temptations and struggles and stuff. They think that it's just going to go away just because you have a spouse. And it's false, guys. It's false. Yeah. <laughs> you you heard it here first from, from Tyler and Jamie <laughs> yeah. in their own marriages. So they said that it is false. What are some other lies like that that you think you believed or that you see other single people believing that doesn't translate to marriage? Uh, the one I just said, like, I'll never get hurt before, you mm-hmm. know, Um Marriage is a relationship with two people who are out for their own good a lot, you know, and have to learn how to serve each other well um, and put others before them. We have to take everything that God says about how to treat people, and then you're doing that day-to-day inside your home, no matter if you're walking through the depression or you're in, like, your best state of mind. Like, you still have to be for someone else. And so that's a lie that people believe. Like, you just touched on one, which I think is so important for Mm -hmm. single people to think through, is that the struggles that you have now, it's not like something magical happens at the altar or that wedding night or the pastor says something to you and they're like, oh my gosh, you're (laughs) never going to struggle with lust or uh, sexual attraction or whatever it might be for someone that's not your spouse. Like those things, they don't go away on that night. And and we just don't see that as true. I mean, someone that's been married for almost 20 years Mm -hmm. can say that that's true. And that's why it's also so important that as a single person, that you're committed to God's word, that you're committed to growing, that you're committed to being in community, that that you're committed to that sanctification journey because it continues through your whole lifetime. Well, and I I think— Maybe it's not a lie people believe. I'm looking back on my life and how me and Lauren were engaged and got married. I just wish I would have understood that marriage is about friendship primarily. I don't think I did understand that when we first got married. I I think I saw it as it's like dating on steroids. It's we're committed to each other and there's sex involved, so that's great. And you get to have like a life together. But I don't think I really valued what it meant to have friendship as the core of this. Mm. From everything else flows the friendship you have with your spouse. And so that's what it's meant to be. And because when you make it about friendship, then you do normal things friends would do where you'd work through problems and you wouldn't, honestly, you wouldn't think, okay, well, sex is going to solve this this thing or money is going to solve this thing. Like, you know, friendship is built on things deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And so I wish I would have, and then also been honest, because I think when me and Lauren first got married, I'd have said, well, we're close friends. I remember some of our biggest fights early on was I wanted to hang out with my guy friends more. 
I know the right answer was I'd only choose my girl, you know. <laughs> but the real answer was we had big fights because I remember that we had been married for a month, and I just invited all my friends over one day. <laughs> they just hung out. She's like, "What are they doing?" I'm like, "These are my friends. I live here." And she's like, "That's not how this works." We're going to talk about this <laughs> conversation. Yeah. But I, I really wish I would have understood that at at the end of the day, human beings are made for friendship. And that's not unique to marriage. You can have friendship in any area of life, but that's why marriage has become lonely because you're not actually friends. And that's why singleness is lonely because you don't have actually deep friends. Mm. And friendship, no matter the space you share, always takes intentionality. It always takes taking roots of bitterness that you have towards people and talking about them. It always takes vulnerability. It always takes the normal things you need for any friendship are what you need for marriage. And if you're like back to the singleness piece, if you're not learning how to be friends in singleness— you'll have a really hard time being friends in marriage. Again, I don't know that anyone didn't tell me that or I went in actively thinking we shouldn't be friends, but I don't think that was my goal. And now I see it as I want to be best friends with Lauren in ways that I'm not with anybody else. And that is primarily, I honestly view it now as, like even this morning, I was leaving the house and I thought, Lauren's my best friend. What could I do to help her for today? Mm. And I was like, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to make a cup of coffee for her before she gets up. So she's, it's waiting on her. There's no, and, and, if, and when I was first married, you do that so you can get sex later mm-hmm. or so you can get the thing late. Like, you're doing mm-hmm. it all for, like, everyone's playing chess. You're yeah. like, and I think it was it was really freeing. It's so freeing to do it just for the sake of giving her a cup of coffee. Yeah. And that was it. I didn't have any long game in mind. Yeah. And I think that's where when you're actually friends, you just do things to love the other person. I'm not trying to play you for the thing that I want in yeah. the future. And that's where Jesus gives you a freedom that no one else can give you because when my deepest needs are met in him, then I quit seeing Lauren or any of you as mm-hmm. someone I'm using to get the thing that I really yeah. want. So I think that, that's been just big for me in my own growth, and it makes me enjoy Lauren so much more. I think you said when you said earlier, like growing up, you didn't see a lot of healthy marriages. Mm. I think that's like when you even said, like, I didn't know that we would long for friendship Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times we don't see those marriages that are 20, 30, 40, 50 years in that they're like, we just love being together. We see stagnant. Mm -hmm. We see bitterness. We see like, oh, my gosh, here they are again. I mean, the jokes that people would make about their spouses, it's just what we're looking forward to. Yeah. And then, you know, you have a bunch of kids and then you look up in 15 years and go, wait, who are you? Yep. Because we don't really know each other. Yep. And that's a danger, too, with not presenting healthy marriages to people is to yep. say, hey, there's a better way. There's a better way that God has designed. Which, I mean, for me, even as being you know married right now, I can't idolize Aaron and I's relationship either. Yep. Like this marriage that we have, which I'm so grateful for. I love Aaron Ivy so much, and I love what we have. I mean, we look at each other all the time. This just last night, I was like, we hang out every day. Are you tired of, like, literally, we're still going, (laughs) here we are again, watching a TV show at night together. Like, you know, it's just that friendship. But at the same time, for me to make that my ultimate in life is dangerous. And I did that for so long. I mean, there were so many years, you guys, that I was the best wife you would have ever found. And I'll tell you why. Not because of Jesus, but because Mm -hmm. I was going to do whatever I had in me to make sure Aaron didn't cheat on me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm I'm a yes. You do whatever you want. Boys night, yes. Out of Mm -hmm. town, yes. Stay out late, yes. Whatever. I'm just over here just doing whatever you need me to do. And I had a big wake-up call of just like, man, I don't want to idolize Aaron so much Mm -hmm. that I'm just going to—oh, my gosh, what do I have to do to make sure he's happy and everything? But I have to go like, man, we're in this together, and we're a team. But my number one priority is my relationship with Jesus, not Mm -hmm. my relationship with Aaron. Uh, That's like the secondary thing 
because I see a lot of people also early in marriages going, okay, I just, this is just the, like, I have to guard this so much. And listen, you have to guard your marriage for sure. sure. But what I'm saying Mm -hmm. is nothing, nothing good can come before God. Like taking something that's really good and putting it before God becomes an idol. And that can happen even Mm -hmm. before marriages. So it's something that we all have to fight. Yeah. Jamie, that was so powerful just hearing about how you even idolize Aaron while you guys were married. And it, it makes me think about this question that college students ask all the time, and it's about the one. Mm-hmm. I hear about y'all's marriage. Mm-hmm. I hear all the awesome things that y'all are doing. Mm-hmm. I even hear of things that y'all have struggled with and things that y'all have gotten through because mm-hmm. of the grace of God. And a lot of single people, including myself, always have this question. I mean, how do you find the one? So let me tell you guys. So there is this idea that girls, I don't know if guys think this way. Y'all can tell me. Oh, guys, yeah. But girls like have this like, (laughs) I'm going to see him and our eyes are going to meet and there's going to be music playing and flowers are probably going to fall from the sky and we're going to lock eyes and I'm going to know this is my soulmate. Mm -hmm. This is the one I was meant to be with forever. I don't know that that necessarily, do you guys want that? I think guys some want that, but they don't know that they could articulate it. They want it the, the same comfort okay. and security, uh-huh. right? But it's less— But do they want the, like, this the is like the romantic, like, no, I see her and she's the one. So I do think there's something in there. We'll get to me in a second. But I, <laughs> I do think men, especially young college guys, they sexualize women so much that it's very difficult to see her as a person oh, that, that I'm trying to connect with because— Again, this is why marriage gets idolized and demonized because the the heart of it is an idolatry of sex, mm. and women are sexualized in our culture. Yep. Oh my! With everything, with everything is sexualized, mm. and so our young men are coming up in this context where they don't even know, they don't know how to do it. They just genuinely don't know. Like, is this even a thing you could do? So I think it's, they get to that place where they want that. Yeah. I, I think so. Uh, it's there, but it's different. Yeah. Um. You know, I. I don't have a very smart answer on this, but here's what I know is that marriage is built on a friendship. It is Mm. not built on sexual desires or sexual fulfillment. That is like an added bonus that we all get. Again, I go back to this idea of not continually just searching for this person Mm -hmm. that you're going to live with forever because then that is consuming. It is all consuming. Every person you see, you think, is this the one? Is this the one? And this Is this the one? Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to serve God. Mm -hmm. I am going to do what it says. I'm going to follow the Great Commission. I'm going to let my light shine before men so that they can see the glory of God. I'm going to do that. And then if I, yes. you know, look to the right, look to the left, and there's someone and we're serving, I'm like, right. hey, I think he's cute. Yeah. Let me just hang out with him a little bit and see what's, oh, we have some of the same ideas. Oh, we connect a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel that it works yeah. best. Yeah. That's how Aaron and I met. I'm not saying we're like the model or anything, mm-hmm. but I want to encourage women so much to not spend their days looking for a husband. Yeah. And so the only way I can think about doing that is to say, spend your days living for Jesus. And then an added bonus is yeah. that you get a husband. Mm. Because again, having a husband, it's not the ultimate goal in our life. Yep. One of my favorite things is marriage and motherhood are not my ultimate calling. Mm-hmm. Neither yeah. one of them. Yeah. Because if those are my ultimate calling, then we got a lot of women in the church who sucks for them. They don't have callings. Yep. No, yep. that's not true. Come yeah. on. And so I do not want young girls, college, 20, 30, whatever yep. your age group you're in, to live for the idea of a husband. Yep. 
it's unsatisfying. Mm. You will waste so many years of your life. Um, and then, sadly, you might just kind of settle for whatever comes along because yeah. that's mm. your ultimate goal in life is to get married. But when your ultimate goal is to serve Jesus with the gifts and talents that he's put inside you, yep. that should be what your eyes are focused yep. on. God brings a dude into your life. Praise God. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Get married. Yep. Do yep. your thing yep. and still keep following Jesus, chasing yeah. him. I think to the one thing, too, like you were saying— we're so scared of being intentional and taking risks that we create false promises God didn't make. So the one is used as motivation for why I should take a risk. So what Christians want to do is we want to add on to the Word of God because we want more clarity from God. And the one is that, is I'm so scared to be intentional, I'm so scared to take a risk, I have to know there's a guarantee of success for me to do this dating thing. But there's no scripture that says God has created no, exactly. one exact person that's, for and, you. And that's what I'm saying, is we create it, though, yeah. So that I can motivate myself to be bold. Because if I can just find them, it'll work out perfectly, right? And what I want for people when they're thinking of the dating is the Jesus first piece. But also, I want them to be intentional and thoughtful about how they do it. And know every relationship you ever invest in is a risk. And God's always going to say, you need to trust me, not in another person. You need to trust me, not in your spouse or your singleness. You're going to trust Jesus and the promises he makes. His promise is never, they'll be with you. His promise is, I'll be with you. Amen. For guys, I would say, honestly— Ask her out? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Because I— That's what I hear from a lot of young girls. They're I, like, why are these dudes not asking anybody so, out? So this, so this is my piece of like—so I love the question of, do we idolize marriage, which is really good. But also, I'm like, but let's not demonize it either. And because here's the thing, everyone's getting married later. I'm telling you right now, it's not because people are having sex less, okay? It's because people are just doing whatever they want. I mean, they're just having sex with whoever just, and they want, thinking right? they're not going to get married. I, I don't want to commit to anybody yeah. because everyone is so scared of intimacy mm. and so scared of actual real relationships. I'd rather settle for porn and porn-like experiences than having a real relationship with somebody else. So that's where all our young men are right now, and I want so badly for some of them to go, hey, do you know how much better relationships are when you're intentional and mm -hmm. committed to them? Mm -hmm. But again, most people don't know that. They haven't seen it modeled, so they don't believe it. The only things they're seeing modeled is porn-like behavior. Mm. Okay, I have a question. Yes. So we're talking about idolizing marriage and this idea that they're like cannot settle. In. Yeah. Is that a form of idolizing this thing that has to be perfect and the best? Yes. Yeah. I, again, this we talked about this with Shanda, this filtered reality that all of our college students live in and Instagram, right? It's this simultaneous, mm -hmm. I want authenticity mm -hmm. so bad, but authenticity is filtered and yeah. perfectly picturesque every mm -hmm. time. And so the mediums we inhabit are actually contradictory to the authenticity we long for. Yeah. And so back to young men is they're made to be people who are intentional, not that women aren't, but they're yeah. made, especially in these relationships, to be the one who takes the risk. And most of them are so terrified of that that they don't want to. And then you have so many phenomenal young women who don't – you shouldn't wait on them. Mm -hmm. But there are probably relationships that probably should have already been married, but the guy just won't do anything. And I just want to call up young men to say, you are full of so much more potential than you're giving yourself credit for. And God has given you service to give to other people. And one of the things that I, I wish that they would know is in some ways a friendship with a woman is so disorienting for men because it, it requires you to have to have a friendship with somebody. You're like, you're not like me, and I don't know how yep. to process this. And not like me in a stereotypical sense, but they're going to be different than you in all sorts of ways. So I think that's where for young men, I'm like, there's a following Jesus piece, but then there's just the intentionality of don't drag people along. Be thoughtful about what your texts mean. Be thoughtful mm -hmm. about what your lack of response means. Be thoughtful mm -hmm. about 
This is a life following Jesus is not just going to church. It's like, hey, be a stand-up person who your yes means yes, your no means no. Mm-hmm. We should really be thoughtful about how we're giving heroes source for young women. Mm-hmm. But we need to be really thoughtful for young men because, like, doctors, lawyers, all these institutions, men are pulling back in so many ways. And that's why some of these radical views entice them because there's no one giving them, what should I be? Yeah. What does it mean to be a man at all? Which is why the compliment book I can't wait for mm-hmm. because it's showing, like, mm-hmm. compliment of how we relate, men and women relate to each other is meant to mean collaboration and friendship. It's not meant to mean always just settle in the roles piece. It's meant to be a collaboration of how we work together kind of thing. So I just, yeah. I, I, I feel so, I, I feel so broken for young men because I don't yeah. know that they're getting much of what they should be. And there's a lot of destruction that comes when you idolize or demonize marriage. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you for listening to The Green Room and we hope to see you next time. Thank you for being our guest in the green room. Remember, if you want more vulnerable conversations, then share, like, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at college underscore Austin Stone. See you next time.